Welcome. Yeah, thank you. To the backyard, right? Oh yeah. Okay, you've been here a million times. Too many times. I'm so excited to even get a chance to sit and speak with you today because I got questions. I'm with it. Here's the thing. I'm with it. How did you find us? Life wellness. Yeah. How did you how did you I'm really interested to know what your first experience was when you walked in here. That's a that's a great question. I think about that a lot and I have conversations about that a lot. So when I got here, I like I wanted a place to where like I wanted a place that could feel like home. Right. But I wasn't necessarily like looking. Like I wasn't on the block looking any day. But my roommate Cody and I were talking about we need plants for the space. Like we need plants. So because of Dante Bloom and they just assume I just love plants and like I want them in the house. Meanwhile, I be killing them. Killing but, them. <laughs> but we were like, yeah, let's get some plants. He was like, it's a black-owned spot up the block. Like right here. I'm like, all right, cool. So we walked up here, and I initially just wanted to, like, just to buy a plant. Right. And then I remember I had a question about um, a prayer plant. Yep. And I talked, you were back here, and I asked, yep. I was like, hey, so how do you take care of this? Like I always do, even to this day. And you were telling me about it, and I didn't know in that moment, but I remember feeling the energy of like, dang, like, this feels like that the loving energy that I get from women back home, like nice. my moms, my aunts, my former therapist, mm -hmm. and it's like, Okay, I mean, this, this is feels cool. Right. This yeah, feels this feels right. right. So, honestly, I started being intentional about if I walk by, I'm going to say hey, mm -hmm. which is weird for me because I'm not that person. Um, I look talkative, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. So, I was like, let me be intentional about it. Um, and I remember I got your name that day, and I was like, I'm not going to forget it. So, I, I kind of stumbled upon it and then made it an intention to be like, no, I'm going to make this a place that's like home base away from home while I'm in Brooklyn. I love that concept of intentionality, right? So yeah. people pass by here quite often and mm -hmm. I say hello to a lot of people and secrets out, I really remember all the names. <laughs> I do, I remember stories, I remember people and the feelings, but not the names. And there was something about you that, you know, I was like, oh, I, I like this person. And the fact that you kept coming back and just the warmth that was just coming from you. I was like, this this is a person that I like around. Yeah. And so the first time I heard your accent, I was like, this is a whole country boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm country. Southern. I am country. country, I'm, country. I'm, I'm, and there's something about that country um, sound, that twang, that warmth, that when you spoke about the women that were making impact in your life, that's something that I've always tried to be. Mm. You know, I, I feel like a hello is very, very inexpensive, right? But yeah. Yeah. being able to see people and let them know that they're being seen, that is just priceless. But when people, the reciprocity, when you get that back, amazing. You, you, you honestly do it really well and in a way that it's, it's obviously natural, like very natural. I had a conversation last night uh, late last night with uh, my former therapist. She's like my mentor now. Love her to death. I honestly credit her with like being a person who, and I told her this last night, like I tell her every day we talk, mm. I credit her with saving my life. All right. Not physically, but emotionally and mentally, she saved my life. That, that leads to physical too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember thinking the more we talked, I was like, this is, this feels like Tamara, my former therapist. It feels right. like Tamara. Right. And she's from New Jersey. She's lived up in here, here in New York. So it was like, this just feels right. It just feels natural. It feels like the connection that um, her and I formed when 
we were just talking and, you know, and she was just being, she was really just doing her job and then it transformed to this, you know, beautiful thing. We, um, we meet, my, my youngest son and I went to, he had a, a doctor's appointment today and, you know, he was speaking to his doctor and she said, you know, like how sleep and he said, oh, I don't really sleep that much. And she said, why? Well, he's 15 years old. And okay. she goes, you know, you have a lot of thoughts that, you know, are you racing through your mind? And he's like, yeah, you know, I think about things a lot, right? <laughs> I'll be thinking. <laughs> thinking, right? And then she goes, um, well, do you think you might need to speak to somebody? And he goes, I would speak to my mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, she said, like, extra. He said, no, it's not that serious. But it made me think, like, when does it become serious, right? When, when yeah. did you know that it was necessary for you to seek help? This is such a corny and terrible answer. But it's a real answer. But it's a real answer. All of the decisions that I've ever made that mm -hmm. turned out to be something amazing and mm -hmm. transformative came from like a gut feeling that I can't explain. Like there's no formula or yeah, that's real. algorithm. That's so, real. I mean, and it's, a, it's small decisions like what high school to go to. Mm -hmm. Walking into a school, I was like, oh, this feels like home. I went there and it's amazing. It, it was home. Um, so when it came to seeking extra help and getting therapy for me, it was like, I've always been emotional. So my, like being overwhelmed with emotion wouldn't be enough. Right. Um, I've always, <laughs> like, I've always just taken things on so heavily. Um, and I've always been reflective and like really analytical. Cause you feel. I feel. Like, right. Like deeply. Yeah. And, uh, I just remember sitting in my room one day thinking like, I don't know if I'm going to overcome this feeling of stress and despair and pain mm. by myself. Mm. And it wasn't like suicidal thoughts at all, but it was just like, I don't like, I feel like, like <laughs> almost like in a movie, I was like, this feels like a pivotal moment for me. And I should do something. So I should do something pivotal. Right. And yeah, and that's literally what got me up to walk into, um, it was CAPS at the time at um, the, the university I was at. I walked in there, I was like, I want therapy. And they're right. like, oh, okay. Right, <laughs> like, right. So. I remember, like, I was, um, when I was 25, 26, mm -hmm. life just seemed a lot. Yeah. Like, it was overwhelming. It had, yeah. like, it was filled up to every corner, and there wasn't much room for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a person, like, a person who, you know, had a title of therapist or whatever mm -hmm. to speak to. Um, so I was lucky to have um, just a group of women mm -hmm. who we we spoke about things, right? And I was around a lot of older women and, you know, I got, the baby's gonna be all right, it's gonna be all right, mm -hmm. except for this one sister, her name was, well, they called her Chink, right? Okay. But, you know, of all the names, but that's yeah, what we'll they called her, right? We'll Brilliant, right? And one day she said, you know, you are, I was telling this story, you know, the pain and I had a breakup and mm. the children and I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing and financially, and I would tell this story over and over again to whoever would listen. And she said, you're like the town crier. Mm. And I was like, what? I said, like, come on, I, I, I mastered this story. Yeah. You know, I, wanted, yeah. I, wanted some, I wanted to get the same response, like, oh, you're so strong. <laughs> I've, you know, all of that. But what she said was, you keep saying the same story, <clears throat> but you, you also get to rewrite the story. <clears throat> and that was a moment of clarity on when I had these women around me to help support me. <clears throat> we were all just telling the same story, and I needed <clears throat> help. I needed someone who was outside of the story, yeah. who they weren't experiencing the same things that I was experiencing. They just had a different way of me looking at it and to find my way. Mm -hmm. And so when you sat with your therapist, what was the moment where 
some light came into the room and it didn't feel the back crowded. So <clears throat> what you described is how I describe therapy just in general. Yeah. And when I'm trying to get people who are coming to me for help and I feel like it would be helpful just for them to be in a room and just have that conversation, that's how I describe it. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't go in and someone solves your problems. You go in and you just talk. Someone is listening that's outside, mm -hmm. make you feel validated in what you're, you're feeling, mm -hmm. let mm -hmm. you know that it's okay. Like, not that it's okay, but you're not crazy. You're, you're not, not crazy. insane. These, like, these things happen. It. Yes. It really happened. And you having emotions is natural. It means you're alive. And then from there, as you're talking, they just help you realize that you already know the answers. Okay. So for me, um, so I'll start with when I, when I went to therapy, it was because of a breakup. Right. So it was traumatic for me. I'd been with the person from eighth grade to like junior year of college. Wow. Grew up with this person, was basically living with the person at the time. And I had become so dependent upon them hmm. and so used to my world revolving around them that I didn't know what independence was. And even though my whole life I've been very independent, I just, right. I just didn't know what it was. I was independent, but it's us. We're together. Exactly. Right. It was like, what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? How it. do I tell my friends no because I'm going to be with you? Mm -hmm. And when things you know, went left and I, I was just so torn apart about it, uh, I remember saying, like making the decision, again, intentionality, like I'm going to have a black woman therapist because right now I have no trust in black women, mm. which was horrible for me. Mm -hmm. Because you come my, from a black woman. I come from a black woman. The people that I'm closest to are black women. Mm -hmm. I mean, my dad was in the military. He wasn't home. Mm -hmm. So my mom, my grandma, my aunts, they were the ones who always like instilled in me the, the things that I think have allowed me to be like this kind of sweet energy. The safe space. Yeah, their they're, yeah. safe space, their energy, that love. And I, I remember being in the room with my first therapist, Brianna, who I also credit with saving my life. And I came in there one day, this is so funny. I went in one day and I said, I made, like, I messed up. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so, so, so I'm like beating around the bush about it. I'm not really being real with her. She was like, I don't know what you're doing, but this is not gonna help you. Like, right. be frank. Right, get and I was real. Like, I was like, I can be frank? She said, be frank. I said, well, damn it, call me Frank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, I went back. I was messing with her again. We slept together. I spent the night, blah, blah, blah. I feel horrible, blah, blah, blah. I, was, I broke the boundaries that we set last week. And she was like, okay, you just said your answer. I was like, what? She was like, you just have to set your boundaries and respect your own boundaries. There you go. And I think in that, that was the moment where I was like, I had, I literally told her, I was like, so I said that? She's yeah. like, yeah, that's what you said. But the wild part is that we will, con we will make boundaries, right? Oh, yeah. But we have to, it's a new terrain. Right, so you're learning the boundaries. So you're, it's possible that you're going to break it over and over again, and mm -hmm. you'll find yourself in that space that is familiar, even if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You find yourself in those relationship experiences that you're like, ah, I really shouldn't be here, mm -hmm. you know. And I think it takes a couple of times, a no lot doubt. of couple of times, yeah. to get to a space where you just go, yeah, enough. Like I, I, I was married for a long time mm -hmm. before my, my um, current relationship. And I met him when I was 16. Okay. And he's 10 years older than me. So it was like when I was 18, we like got together. And then I was just like, if he said the sun was green, I'm like, sure it. is. Yeah, yeah. It looks green to me. That's yeah. wonderful, right? <laughs> and so my pivotal years of becoming an adult woman was spent in a relationship with someone who was older than me mm -hmm. also wise and beautiful and amazing but i 
took my power that you develop over time and I placed it in the relationship and I mm. felt like the reason why I was who I was was because I was in this relationship gotcha and so if I wasn't in this relationship then who am I mm -hmm. right so when you came mm -hmm. out of the relationship mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. who were you who who was standing there whether it was he enough was he scared was he you know what, what who was that person before the therapy that person was afraid mm. um, helpless hopeless hmm. and determined to avoid responsibility for his own life come on now that was the main thing <laughs> for me was, determined I, I was det like and it, I would not take the blame for anything not that I wouldn't take ownership of my mistakes hmm. But I wouldn't even take responsibility for the fact that if I don't decide to get something to eat, yeah. then I'm not going to eat. Then I'm not going to eat. It's like such yeah. a simple thing, but those things were just so hard for me to do. Like to, to, say, to say that I'm going to make a decision and to make the decision and follow through with it. By yourself. By myself. Yeah. Felt impossible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just, I, it, was, it was weird because I still felt like myself. Yeah. So I was still able to compartmentalize and like my grades didn't slip. Right. Uh, my relationship with, you know, anyone else didn't slip. And of course, it, I mean, it literally improved because I had more time to like But spend, the things that but, was happening inside of you, like you were now looking at you. Yeah. Because all of that existed, right? Mm -hmm. Like this place where we feel like, oh, I can't be without this person or I can't do X, Y, Z. We're going to grow. We're going to buy a house. You know, I... Like I said, we're 10 years in difference in age. Yeah. And I was always imagining, and then when we get this house, we're going to yep. get a rocking chair, and we're going to be rocking <laughs> back and forth. And he was just like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. You got to live, right? You got to, but I didn't want to live. I wanted to put him on this pedestal, and I wanted to live through him, right? Yeah. So if I didn't take responsibility for my own joy, if I didn't take responsibility for my own failings or my own scarcity then mm. I didn't have to do anything about it but I can be a great supporter of mm. this person right? mm. and when yeah. that person was like look I love you but we can't do this anymore I felt like he um, he betrayed as, the plan yes that's exactly how I felt right yep. you felt like yo like we were supposed to do you know yeah, we got yeah, this right and he's yeah. like no no I, I, I wanted it yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that, that sounds like really hard work to be someone's hero exactly right yeah. like yeah. if i have to be the person who has to save you then i don't even get a chance to deal with my own stuff mm -hmm. like my own shortcomings i'm like wh where, where do i fall into that exactly and in yeah. as much as that hurt so much and it was devastating and it was all kind of things that was going on it was the best thing that could have happened to me that breakup mm -hmm. i would not be here i say the same thing yeah. I say the exact same thing. Yeah. But before, previously in relationships and in that relationship specifically, mm. everything you described was me. Of course. I put all my responsibility, like, I couldn't take responsibility for my own life, my own success, my own failure, my own anything. Mm -hmm. But for her, it was like, okay, how do we make things correct? Right. I remember uh, being, it was like 2, 3 in the morning. I had work in the morning. I had long days of work in front of a computer editing videos at the time. And we had a, a career fair the next day. And she was like saying how she needed a job. I was like, well, that's a career fair. Come on, let's go. Like, we'll go get an outfit. We were out till four in the morning 
getting an outfit so that she could go to the career fair. And I'm happy that all that happened because it, it made me realize like I can support someone, but can outside, you support yourself? Can I support myself? Right. Because I realized I was trying to, it wasn't that I was, that wasn't love. And I realized that now. I wasn't really being loving. I loved her, but I wasn't acting in love. I was acting in a way that was like, oh, I can save you. I can make sure that your life is great. I can, I can be this, this superhero support. I'm right. like the savior complex. Right. Where now I realize that me letting go and me saying, hey, do you want to do this? And if they say no, and I'm like, well, I think it would be nice. And they're like, still no. It's like, love is love. being like, it's all right. That's cool. I still love you to death. Like, well, we're going to go get something to eat and then so fall asleep. how like, old are you now? 24. 24. Okay. So the relationships that you're calling to yourself now, right? Mm -hmm. Not that you're, this is a dating site, but <laughs> <You're good. laughs> the relationships, who, who would that person meet? Yeah. Not who, who are they, but who would they meet in you? Someone who is uh, loving. Um, that's a great question. I value and I have a lot of pride in the fact that I'm someone who is emotionally intelligent, mm -hmm. who isn't afraid to say when I'm wrong, mm -hmm. who, That's good. Who, who takes a lot of time to reflect, especially when it comes to my interactions with women. Because mm -hmm. with guys, we, we, it's, it's easy to chop it up and figure things out. And relationships with men are always kind of they always have this like roughness to it that we just figure out and it's beautiful. But I was talking with Tamara last night and, um, but there's a lot of the times the space between men and women, especially black men and black women, right. where a black men can be abrasive and destructive towards black women and get away with it. Hmm. So I, I pride myself on being someone who's like, I'm determined not to do that. Are, are we, are you getting, really getting away with it or is it it's just not being spoken on uh, well I, I describe it as getting a getting away with it because it's like say for instance as a kid you you like a girl in school you go hit her right. you run around your friends laugh so they haven't said anything right. and if another right. if one of her friends comes and says hey that's wrong you shouldn't hit her well you have everybody coming to your your defense mm -hmm. and it's rare that a teacher is gonna if they don't see it it's rare that the, the authority figure is gonna say hey mm -hmm. like that's wrong, they're probably just gonna separate and keep it moving. So right. it's not even addressed. Um, so in an older, more mature state, where, how do you see that happen? It's, it's the thing where if I say something, say I catcall someone, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm with the homies. They're gonna, they're, they're they're gonna, gonna laugh, laugh, they're gonna join in, they're mm -hmm. gonna be like, oh yeah. If she doesn't respond well, mm -hmm. then it's, oh, she's that, she's mm -hmm. this, she's boozy, mm -hmm. she's stuck up, oh, she can't see. Mm -hmm. and, if, and, and then if she does respond well from everyone else, it's, why are you even talking? That was, that's not the way, you, like, you're not valued. Right. At the, so it, there is no space for her to just live, whereas I have all the space in the world to just live, and if I mess up, then all right, cool. Yeah. Keep it moving. Yeah. Um, and so where you are now, being able to express that, how do you find the women that you are encountering, are they able to appreciate where you're at? Or is it they're used to that other experience and this is like an anomaly? I think, and I'm, 
I'm happy that this is the case. But I think because of, I think because of that, I'm able to form really dope friendships and relationships with women that I never thought I would have. Wow. Like my former therapist is my friend. Right. I serve sometimes as her therapist. Right. And when I say that she's my therapist, she gets mad. She's like, no, tell the whole story. <laughs> like, you're, I call you when I'm feeling things too. Yeah, and the, we just talk. The relationship talk. has transformed. Yeah, I have, yeah. A, I have a lot of women friends and they're like, we're constantly defending ourselves to other people because we're like no we're platonic friends like yeah we go and do we go shopping together mm-hmm. i make jokes all the time with my women friends when i'm out with them I'm like it's just dante and the, and the ladies mm-hmm. i'm just one of the ladies like <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that that being able to have that um feeling of safety and to be able to really meet a person without actually having to think about you know sex and just like how am i pairing on one level i could just be um, when Ade and I really became intimate, it wasn't mm-hmm. over being physically intimate. It mm-hmm. was like we we were best friends, you know. Yeah. Like if I dated someone, I was calling him and just like, oh, let me tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. This yeah. was crazy. Right? Yeah. Or you know, he'll tell me some things to the point where I don't think either of us saw that we were doing that. We were just really happy to know each other and have similar experiences that. It didn't sound crazy to just say I'm being vulnerable mm-hmm. about something, right? Mm-hmm. What happens when that trust and that vulnerability is disrespected? Because I'm sure that comes up. And how how do you deal with that now? Now that you know that therapy exists, yeah. talking and expressing yourself exists. How do you deal with that now? It's funny because now I don't even, it it doesn't phase me anymore. Mm. It's more, and I'm seeing this in my dating life now. If I'm not getting something that I need, then I just communicate that, hey, I don't feel like I'm getting this need. And if that need isn't met, then it's, you know, hey, I just, I don't think that, you know, this should go any further. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with if someone, if I feel like my vulnerability is being disrespected, say I tell someone, something in confidence and they go and spew it to everybody right um in the world for me it's just like it's the i think because i understand of how hard i have to work every day come on now to be vulnerable i'm not even mad at them exactly they just have to lose their freedom yeah they just lose their freedom yeah i'm not going to be angry or hold a grudge towards anybody maybe i'm not their friend anymore maybe i won't speak to you or i won't i know that that space isn't safe anymore so i won't talk in that manner but I'm not gonna waste my energy being angry because I know the work that I put in every day just to make sure that like <laughs> my my mind and body is <laughs> is on. is light enough to like <laughs> make it through life. I'm to exist in yeah, this world. Like, <laughs> just the whole thing. Yeah, and not everybody has um, that that. I Jacksonville, Florida, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I was telling you earlier the story about my experience in Jacksonville. Uh-huh. My one reggae party that yep. I went to in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> but Jacksonville is way different than Bed-Stuy. Completely. So you came here by yourself. Um, oh, man. How? Honestly, that's a whole that is a series of, of episodes. That's a level of bravery. It, I, I look at it as brave, mm-hmm. but I will say I was privileged enough to be groomed for this since I was like an infant and I didn't know it. Hmm. 
but there were so many experiences that led me to being able to handle living in Bed-Stuy and moving around and doing the things How I'm so? doing now. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it like this. My, the last experience, the last pivotal experience that I had that I credit to my ability to navigate New York in general is being able to study abroad in Berlin, Germany, which your, is... Your dad was in the surface. He nothing was home. He was with it. nothing to do with it. Wow. I, I went because it was a college study abroad and through a scholarship that I received that paid for all of my um, hmm. undergrad education, it, it was told to me that my study abroad would be paid for. Okay, that ended up not being the case, but that's another story. But when I heard that, I was like, okay, I'll figure out how to get the money I'm going. Mm -hmm. um, and how, I remember... How old, how old were you? I was... Ooh, 20... 21. Right, so this just happened. Yeah, fairly recently. Yeah, okay. Fairly recently. I was 21, I think. 21 going into 22. And I, I just remember being there, and I didn't have culture shock. I got there. I, I like, made friends quickly. I was running around the city. I was out from 7 in the morning going to class. Wow. And I remember coming home off the subway one day, looking in the sky, and I could see the, the sun coming up. I'm like, I never do this at home. Like, I'm such an introvert and I have such like a low social media at times that I'm like, it didn't even feel like I was myself. Right. But I remember getting into my room that night and laying down, obviously I got no sleep because I had class that morning and thinking, I can do this. Right. So when it came to time to graduate and I was looking at what I was gonna do next, and I know I wanted to be in fashion, it was New York or LA. Mm -hmm. And because of that experience in Berlin, because of therapy before that, because of the nurturing I got from women before mm -hmm. that, and uh, the, the bravery that I saw my brother exhibit when, when he left from Jacksonville to go to Minnesota to pursue acting. Like, there were so many things had going examples. on. I had so many examples. Had examples. I, just, I had so many catalysts in my life that were leading me to this. Mm -hmm. I just didn't recognize it then. But now I'm like, dang, I call, my, my brother calls me every day. And every, almost every time we talk and we, we mention, you know, where we are now, it's like, you realize, yeah, my, my grandma was the trailblazer for the family. My, my mom was a trailblazer for the family, but you were too. Like, you, you were my, my example of someone leaving this space wow. to complete, you know, the complete unknown. But here's the thing, right? So you said, and you said it so quickly, I don't know if you caught it. He said, I got to Berlin and, you know, I was making friends, right? The reason why I wanted to sit down and share tea and talk with you, um, you were in the backyard the other day and there was a young man that was here. Mm -hmm. And you guys were just speaking and then you hugged, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is for men, right? For, for men, but for black men to be able to meet each other in spaces of emotional vulnerability. Yeah. That is what making friends mm. is the definition of that, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And the discipline that comes in, there is a discipline mm -hmm. that comes into play, even if you are hurt, even if you are scared, the discipline to know that I come from somewhere and I could lean into that, mm. it'll allow me to be open to anyone i don't mm. have to shy away so i think the saving grace for me because i think that was something very similar in our family mm -hmm. was that even though rejection is real right you know that's going to happen even though you know failure can happen 
there is this understanding that you know I, I um I'm so thankful for the the my parenting my my family the aunts the extended family that I know that I've been privileged to be loved oh yeah right oh, so yeah. it allows you to kind of maneuver through this world even in the unknown spaces like okay I'm, I'm okay yeah right yeah. There, there's somebody who's gonna call my name mm. whether in prayer whether in you know call me out just to make sure you did you eat oh yeah you got holes in your socks yeah. <laughs> <Are> you <snitching? laughs> inside joke right? um who's your mom you know my mom because y'all are similar spirits. Mm. My mom is this southern, sweet, caring woman who navigates growth really well. Wow. And I think that last piece is what I'm realizing as an adult, and I appreciate that so much from her. She's the type where, you know, my friends are like, your mom is so sweet. And then I tell them stories about how I got whoopings and stuff. And they're like, that's not your mom. I'm like, nah, my mom, she don't play now. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't come in there acting like everything's mm -hmm. sweet because you will get checked. Mm -hmm. But she, she has this energy of love and nurturing that's like, it's so pure. So even when she's like getting on me and she's like, nah, this isn't right or you shouldn't do this. Right. Sometimes I forget in that space because I'm feeling how I'm feeling that like it's it's out of love. Mm -hmm. But then when you when I see how she acts after, she's the type. And I, this is a common black what experience. What did you smile about your mama? Look, I love my mama to death. <laughs> I love you, mama. But she's she's the type where say I did something wrong, mm -hmm. I get a whooping, and then 30 minutes later she's in the room like, so what you want to eat for dinner? Yeah, like I don't want to eat nothing. I want to starve and die. You just beat me. I want to starve and die. <laughs> I want to starve. Good lord. But, but just that, she, she always moves in love. Mm. She, the, the thing that I, I love about her so much now, being in this space, like you said, how, like how am I here? When my mom was leaving high school, going to college, mm. she wanted to study computers. Right. This was back in like 80-something. Sorry, I ain't mean to expose your age. <laughs> What? But it was back in the 80s. This is when computers weren't really computers. Wasn't that long ago. What? It wasn't. But she's going to be mad. But um, she wanted to study computers, and her mom, my grandma, called her mother. Mother was like, mm -mm. Mm. you should study nursing because it's, it's, it's secure. It's practical. Yeah. And my mom was like, I don't really want to. But she did. She made that sacrifice Yeah. because she knew she, would, she wanted a family. She was, I want to say around that time, it was around the time she met my father. So she knew she wanted a family. She wanted these things. And that sense of security was huge for her. That's, mm. what, that's what motivated her. Like, I, like, you know, she's coming from, you know, generations of black women who my grandma went to college, but my great-grandma was, like, full-blood native. So she, mm. the things that she'd seen, mm -hmm. the things that her mm -hmm. mom had seen, mm -hmm. security meant so much to mm -hmm. them. And... She made that sacrifice, and because of her making that sacrifice, m you know, myself, my, my younger sister, my older yeah. brother, yeah. are financially secure enough to where we can pursue our dreams. And if we fall flat on our face, we can go back home and figure it out and restart. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have a bed and a, and a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. We, we, got, <laughs> we, we got necessities. <laughs> right. We don't have nothing else. Right. And I think in that, 
sometimes before she understood what, what that really meant, Mm-hmm. She would sometimes almost use it as a weapon for us. Like, you should do this because almost like mother had to do to protect right, right. my mom. But now my mom understands, like, and I've told her, we tell her this all the time, like, no, you were a trailblazer. You sacrificed. You moved that much in love mm. to where you took what was secure to make sure that these kids who you hadn't even met yet, you didn't know who we were going to be. What? You, you didn't know, you know, how many, our name. You didn't know anything about who we were. But you did that because you wanted us to be good. That, that, um, thank you. Thank you for that. That, that kind of actually gives me chills. There's an elder that I know. First time I massaged her, she, she's like, okay. she should be like 87, 88 now. Mm-hmm. First time I massaged her, and she's like magical. Like, this woman is amazing. Mm-hmm. She said, I said, why do you live the life you live? Okay. And I could laud all the praises of all the things that she does, community work, all the things, right? She said, because she wants when her great 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 grandchildren the ones that she'll never meet when they call her name she wants them to be able to call her name and know that it's a strength Mm. that could help them and that's what i hear about your mother her young self that she didn't even see the children Mm -mm. but she knew she had to have security for Mm y'all that's love oh without a doubt that is generational love oh yeah so what are you thinking about for your future children? Uh, How are you showing up? I'm showing up like my mom does now. Mm-hmm. My mom has, you know, she started her journey in therapy. Mm. She, she has, we now have this relationship that's mature. And I think she understands now why I would cry out to her so much and we yeah. would go at it so much when yeah. I was a kid because I felt so independent and I just wanted to be approached as an adult. Not because I thought I had it all figured out, but because I knew I was going to be okay because she was my mom. Oh, um, I think I'm a parent, I, I'm going to be a parent who, like my, my, my mentor Tamara, who she approaches uh, her child with this understanding that Children are super intelligent. We dumb them now. <laughs> we do. They, they, they really know the thing. They know things that we wouldn't expect them to know. And we just, if we approach it the right way, we can set them up to be far more advanced than I think we allow them to be because of systems in place and structures. Um, Protection. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I, really I, I want to be the things that my mom, uh, Allison, my dad, Kim, mm. mother, Gwendolyn Thomas. Mm, everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. I want to be what, I want to be the, the best of them. Okay. I want to show them that, hey, I, I listened to what you were saying. I took lessons mm-hmm. um, and not only did that for my own personal growth, um, you know, for my own life, but for raising future beings who, um, you know, who, who start the cycle all over again and, and get to impact the world in their own way. That's, that's legacy that is, Ashe, you know, mm. in the Yoruba tradition, you you speak your power, mm. you know, and that is uh, Ashe. And I, mm. and I say that to you. First time you walked into Life Wellness, mm. you walked in with all of them. I you appreciate know, You're that. doing them proud. And I really, really appreciate you. Thank you for sharing this time know, of and this tea and this conversation with me. Oh, yeah. We need, we need more good. time. I always looking for more time. <laughs>